Hello friends and welcome to episode 442 of the Chair Shop Podcast. Yes, it is our football special, the Nutfig 442, in which we will uh, not be discussing any football whatsoever because it's July uh, and there's none on. So anyway, we've timed that badly. But anyway, with me is my good friend Paul Griffin. Yeah, we're going to, you know, hopefully say, don't say anything that we'll have to defend We'll try and midfield some good questions during yeah. the podcast, and we'll attack the topics of the day and the goalkeeper yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good yeah, one. Good yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we've we've left Barry on the uh, bench this Ooh, week. There you go. He's um he's off um looking after a dog. He's on loan over there at Dog Hampton. Uh, uh, do, do you think he'll be using some uh, leads? Uh, well, I hear he's over I... with Rovers at the moment. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, Morecambe and Wise. Uh, we're a minute in, and we're, you're not only getting football puns, but dog football puns. Dog football puns. Yeah. Oh, marvellous, marvellous stuff. Um, yeah, Sparrow's busy, but we're back after a little absence um, last week. Yeah. I hope you didn't miss us too much. Um it was a, a very hot week in Europe. It I, continues I, to be. It, I mean, it's still quite warm, but yeah, it, Thursday, it got up to uh, 37 degrees <sighs> London. 103 Fahrenheit. We've not been hit that badly. It was mental. It was warm, though. It was just, it feels like you're, you're under a hairdryer. Yeah. Walking around. We had, yeah, some very warm days. I just had a nap there oh, yeah. an hour ago, and I woke up to a big old sweaty face. <laughs> and who was it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a local, local vagrant broken in. <laughs> well, luckily, I'd, I've bought a little two euro um, fan here, which I... Oh, so I can blow that in my face whenever it gets too hot. At least we got one phone. Little battery powered. Oh, 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 he's done us there, folks. Oh, I know Mad Magazine's dead, but we're we're keeping it alive. Little handheld fan. So I just whenever it gets too hot, blow that at the face for twenty seconds, and then you're back to (laughs) back to good. Luckily, it's very subtle as well. No one can even tell. Yeah, you know, it's just like everyone's gone to bed for the night, you know. Finally, the guinea pigs stop making noise and just out of the corner for a little ear. Yeah. It's a gale force wind in the room. Uh, so what have you been up to last two weeks, Paul? Last week's, well, the main news, I guess, is that little Binky had a surgery. Oh, the binko. The the bink. And the bink says uh, she unfortunately needs to go under the knife. Uh, nothing too serious. She just had some, some lumps on her needed taken off. Because uh, she's, okay. still, she's still, you know, young enough and strong enough that can have a little do, surgery do and be all right about it. Yeah, well, before it gets, you know, she's too old, I need to have a surgery. So she had these lumps, one on her back, one on her leg for... I don't know, the better part of the last year. Mm. Um, 
And the one on the leg hasn't grown or anything. It's just a lump she had. And yeah. the one, but the one on the back was getting big. So we said, well, we better get that looked at. Uh, so they chopped them off um, with a sword and stitched her back up. That's Because sh- our guinea pigs are long-haired guinea pigs. So she had to get shaved, right. up, shaved up one side. And we got her back. She had a big uh, wound on her. Obviously stitched up in that. But like almost the mm. height of her body. Right up the side. Mm. Um, but yeah, we got her back and she's right as rain. She's back in with the other pigs. We kind of had to take a few days to keep her separated because they were nipping at each other. And we were kind of worried they were going to bite. Like try and bite out mm. the stitches and that. But she's doing good now. Um... Turned out that the lumps were just abscesses. They weren't. Uh, they weren't anything too bad. They were just uh, what big lumps of pus. Ooh, lovely. Encapsulated in fat. Ooh. So. What's good to hear? She doing all right. Um, Does um we discussed I think a few weeks ago that you have a bit of an allergy to the guinea pigs. Yeah. Is that right? Does shaving all the fur off help alleviate that somewhat? Um, I don't know. That's really made any difference. She's still very hairy. Just shave all the rest of it off and see if that works. We could do. They would look like weird, you know, those hairless cats. But yeah, a, yeah. a, a weird little fat rodent version of that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, worth a go though. Do you know? What we, do you know what we would be interested to see? A shaved chinchilla. Hmm. What would it look like though? They die. They die if you shave the hair off. Yeah. What? Why is that? Their hair plays a, a part in their um, uh, immune system. If you should. Oh. Okay. Would it die like instantly? No. Okay. Okay, I'm going to shave chin. I need to look this up on Google now. Um, oh my god, there is a picture of one. They're mad looking. Uh, so, yeah, the bink is okay. The other two are fine as well. That's pet pet guff pet up. Uh, I hear you've had a bit of uh, trouble with a McDonald's delivery as well. Do you want to tell us that story? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we we us here in Ireland have only recently had the uh, opportunity to order a McDonald's and have someone bring it what to your house. Yeah. We never had that before. Is that a thing? Yes, you guys have that in England already for years yeah, and years and years. For, well, I think probably maybe a year or so through Uber Eats. Yeah, Uber Eats is exactly what we used. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The McDelivery, right? Um. So I was tangentially aware of this for a long time, mm. but I was under the impression that they they wouldn't deliver to where we were. Right. Of course, found out today that the people here have been ordering them since 1992, and I was just unaware of it. <laughs> um, so, got the old Uber Eats app, and made a little order, right? Mm. I'm going to open up the app now, just to get my little... Ooh, hang on, I can give. I can rate the order. Oh, I'll do that in a little bit. Um, so, first of all, it's a very impressive service, right? Because the guy who brought it to us... Mm. Uh, cycled from the McDonald's to here on a bicycle. I would say a, t- a good ten minute cycle. That's a pretty good service. Yeah. And he got a, a a big magic bag on his back that that not only keeps the warm food warm, 
and the cold food, food cold, right? But the drink didn't tip over at all. Because that was my that was my one concern about the delivery of the McDonald's is, yeah. you know, when you you get McDonald's to go or any of those chains, for example, the the, the drink they put in that little cardboardy holder. But sure, it's it, it, sometimes I'm carrying them in my hands and it'll fall over. You know, how is this lad on the bike going to keep the mm, keep yeah. the drinks? Doesn't matter. The bag took care of it, baby. So the order came. The drink was cold, not like ice hadn't melted. The McFlurry was still cold and not melted, and the food was still warm. So I, I was very, very impressed by that. So good job to Uber Eats on that. However, however, I ordered a signature classic meal, right? right. With a little, and this is how overly polite I am, right? You know the way on the Uber Eats you can put the little message to the restaurant under it? Yeah. I just said plain burger, please. Uh, plain burger. Yeah. Please. Please. I don't. I didn't keep the receipt though. Uh, anyway, so obviously the burger that come, not plain, right? But like it was like half plain because I, I was looking <laughs> looking at the receipt, and it was like signature burger, whatever it is, uh, no red onion, no mayo, but all the rest like so. So oh. the, they read plain burger and thought, well. We won't give him the full Which, plane. Uh, we'll he make, can't mean he can't mean nothing. We we'll give him a, let's, let's just take two arbitrary you know, yeah. random uh, toppings off. Yeah, that'd be enough. I realised though as soon as I hit order that I should have been more specific in what I wanted <laughs> with the burger. Yeah. And literally I went, plain burger, please, order. Shit, I should have said what that means. <laughs> um because what what I often like to do, like I I just want I just want the burger and bun and and load of ketchup on it. That that's what I enjoy. Yeah. But they never put enough ketchup on, so I just I just do ketchup myself. Yeah. Um. So if I do the old McDonald's order again, because apart from that, I was impressed with the service. To be honest. Yeah. Apart from that, I was impressed. It didn't take very long. You can track the guy literally to the front door, on his yeah. on his wee, uh, bicycle. The guy was nice. I had a little chat with him. He couldn't find the house. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, and again, the only problem was that the burger was the burger order was wrong, partially my fault. Like the burger was partially plain, I'm not willing to accept the full uh, blame here, because uh, no, no, no. I think plain burger is pretty obvious. But I will specify next time what exactly I mean. I'll say just yeah. the buns and the patty. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, if you use the, the self-service in the restaurants now, that's very good because you can be very specific. Yeah, exactly. What you want in there, which is good because, you know, you always had that thing in the past if you, because I never used to like cheese in my burger, so I'd always yeah. order one without cheese and then you'd get, you know, the, you never get it right. Yeah. But with the self-service, you can spend, you know, do you want five lots of gherkin? Go in there to have it. You should do that on the app, really. They should well. They don't do it on the app, which is unfortunate. But they do yeah. give you the opportunity yeah. to put a message. And obviously, because of w- what they did, they've they saw the message and maybe didn't quite understand. Because I believe the message is going to the the restaurant itself, right? Yeah. And they prepare it and yes. they they give it to the the bicycle man. I believe the bicycle man yeah, has yeah. very little input in what the, what is actually in the bags. He's not he's not seeing what's in the bag. It could be anything in there. Ego and here's your bag. Enjoy. Drugs that. could be yeah. Right. He's just—he's mainly doing the bicycle thing. So what? I'll, what I'll do next time, right? That is in fact What's what happens? Okay, well, hang on. Apparently, we're being told that we're wrong. When you order something from Uber Eats, 
the wait, 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 Uber. Right. Uber. The person who's doing, who's... Uh, who's did he go in and order for it? Did he? he goes in and order. But the bags had McDelivery written on it. That's the point. Like, they give a special token that has to be scanned by the people from okay. the restaurant. Okay. Who then the right. Well, next time, next time I do it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write the message. With the name of the man. Listen, man, this burger don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I'm gonna kick your little bike as you go by. Or bend a little wheel on it, and then I'm not gonna. I'll order an extra drink just to throw at him. Yeah, and I won't tip either. And I tip two euro. He didn't get it right. Anyway, okay. Well, in that case, it was the fault of Mister uh, Vitor. I think was his name this time. Can I can I also give a little bit of advice when it comes to tipping in these delivery apps? Yeah. Tip cash. Don't put the tips in in the in the app. Why is that? Because the companies will actually discount the amount of tips that you are given, so they have to pay the pe- the person less. They but that makes no difference to me. No, but like the whatever. What you mean the person gets less? The person gets less money, and but the company makes more money off of them. That's why you tip cash. I mean, uh, that doesn't really affect me either. Yeah, well, but what does. I'm saying is, you are tipping because you're trying to be nice to the person who you're did paying your extra. service. Yeah. Tip them cash. I did, I did late, the smallest note I had was a twenty though. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna give him twenty euro for to give Have me give me the wrong. To be honest, if he ordered me the wrong burger, he should get no tip. Yeah, that's how they learned them. Um, okay, well next time I'll be more specific with my order. Uh, or I'll simply pray that they start doing Burger King on it as well, because Burger King anyway. Because to be honest. Not too upset about the McDonald's burgers because they ain't no good anyway. What? Old dry shite. Controversial take. I like a nice juicy wet whopper. Mmm. And that's not a euphemism, by the way. Mmm. Done myself there. Um, What about yourself, Joe? How's your week been? Speaking of whoppers, I had a whopper night out uh, last night. Ooh, hello. Birthday drinks with um, the lads. Um, We don't get out the drinks that often anymore because we're all old and married yeah, yeah, got kids yeah. you uh so you know once a year around the birthday mm. um but we went out we had a we had a pub crawl uh went out about two o'clock right right through to 11 um it was a long one got through 11 pubs which is impressive I, think, I don't think i've ever done that more than that in a pub crawl 11 different pubs in one night very good uh unfortunately today i feel like shit um only just started not feeling sick in the last hour or two. Right. Um, very bad hangover. Um, you, you, of course, Paul, are a teetotal man yourself, which is very sensible. Mm. Um, Less fun. Le- well, I don't know. As you get older, the, the kind of ratio of, of fun to pain sort of tips <laughs> at the wrong, the wrong direction. Right. Um, but basically, the, the hangover... It's like being ill, but you've done it to yourself on purpose. Yeah. That's the only way I can describe it, and it, it's, it's very bad. Um, but I'm, I'm gradually recovering, hopefully be okay for work tomorrow. Yeah. That's, that's long as it well, speaking happens. of work tomorrow, who's got two thumbs and no work for the next week and a half? What, why? This guy! What are you doing? I just took a week off work. Just decided like, it's delicate. Hmm. Fair enough. I'm off until the 6th of August. That's a long old holiday. Ten consecutive days, Joe. You bastard. With no work. 
Yeah, it's very nice. I'm enjoying it. Very nice. Very oh, nice. I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. I haven't actually had any days off yet because it's just been the weekend. But I will, well, yeah. I will enjoy it tomorrow. It's the start. It's the start. Waking up and going, oh, what is it? Half seven? Because my body doesn't let me like sleep in anymore. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Hmm, that's 45 minutes later than normal. I'll very much enjoy that feel. Mm. Yeah. So also, as, as regular listeners will know, uh, currently trying to buy a house. Um, so I had some good news last week, uh-huh. which was the approval of our mortgage application. Yeah. Um, so the bank's actually going to lend us some money, which is nice of them. <laughs> Fools. Um, <laughs> fucking suckers. They're not getting that back. <laughs> uh, oh, that was a joke, if I listened. Yeah. It's the, it's the bank. Um, oh, but that's good. So it means that it still takes forever for these things to happen. But at least that's, you know. Obviously, the biggest thing is getting the money. Yeah. So that's good. So, uh, onwards with that. Um, that's about it for life, Guff. Do you um, have? But let me just ask: Do you have already a like a house uh, in the pipeline? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We made an offer on on the place and okay. was accepted. Uh, but then we had to apply for the mortgage. Okay. So, so I'll just write that down. That's the order you do it in. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I was very confused as to. Uh, <laughs> What you do? Yeah, you I, can just kind of go around making offers on houses. Yeah, however you want. Offer like <laughs> like, five, well, five like, million. Are you going to pay for the house? Yeah. <laughs> okay, have you got a mortgage? Well, not yet, but I'm going to actually make an offer. <laughs> um, nothing they can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's that kind of learning as we're going going along. Yeah, I think it's going to be very similar for us when we do. It's we're we're still true. in the saving uh, stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, Hop it. When we get there, yeah. One day, one day. Um, Paul, have you seen any telly in the last two weeks? Um, I'm not sure that I've watched. Have we watched any telly in the last two weeks? We, we're still watching. We're watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. That's quite good, but it's also quite an old show. It's not. A, it's not a contemporary show. Um, but that's really all we're watching at the moment. We're watching Fruits Basket on Crunchyroll as well. Attack on Titan is over. What? These are anime shows, Joe. You wouldn't know about. (laughs) Crunchy, crunchy roll. Crunchy roll. Using the pro. Wait a minute. We're going back into promo code jokes. Use use promo code crunchy roll. Yeah. For ten percent off your crunchy rolls. Mm. Um. Okay, that sounds good. Well, last Airbender is good. Last Airbender is very good. The last of the Airbenders. Yeah. Like literally the last one. Yeah. I don't know. We watched anything apart from that. Okay. Well, I watched a, a yeah, I couple of shows. Um, firstly, we finished off season two of Fleabag, the um, acclaimed BBC sitcom. Yeah. With the, the tall posh woman. Um, it was quite good. I'm sure really really liked it. I thought it was quite good. I didn't quite see what all the fuss was about, to be honest. Um, I'd give it a thumbs up, but not like greatest sitcom ever or whatever. <laughs> okay. It was good. It was good. It was good. I, I don't know who this tall posh woman is, though. She she did the voice of the robot in Rogue One. Okay. And she's writing the new James Bond, and she's made him a black woman. Right. Oh well, you should. Why are you not across this sort of thing? I did see Rogue One, but I did sleep during a bit of it. So. 
the, the funny robot. That I remember died. the funny. I do remember the funny robot. I do remember. Who the funny does robot. that? Okay. Phoebe Wallerbridge. Phoebe Wallaby. Phoebe Wallerbridge. That's a hell of a name. The, the Wallerbridge. Phoebe Wallerbridge. Go with the Wallerbridge. Anyway, that that was good. That was alright. I mean, I wouldn't go out my way. To... <laughs> so their name sounds like the star of, of Only Fools and Horses. Phoebe no, um, is that for the horses? Wait, what? Oh, the Street. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Magnifique Waller Bridge. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Okay, cool. Um, also watched um Channel Four series called London Dairy Girls, which is set in the in the nineties, uh, in Ireland, uh, relevant to to your interests. Because you're you're from there. I am. Um, There's a bunch of girls um, in Ireland during uh, what I believe is called the Troubles, um, which is, I think, a bit of an understatement because it seems to be quite quite bad, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's a little, it's a little um, classic classic Irish understatement. Yeah. Um, But it's it's funny. It's a bunch of kind of um, like secondary school girls in a Catholic school. And there's a load of nuns running about, and the nuns are the teachers. Right. Is that that is that the sort of thing that goes on over there? Yeah. Well, I I did go to a school where the priests were the teachers. So. Oh, why? Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Got away. Diddle free. Got scot free. Yeah. Uh, is this a? Is it an Irish production or is it a British production? I think it's pretty. Yeah, I think it's Channel Four production. Kind of a. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because, like yeah. Father Ted, I'm never sure these like Irish shows that air on like Channel Four and that. Because you know, Father Ted, Father Ted's Versus is a very Irish show in its sensibilities, and I wonder if because De- I haven't seen Dairy Girls, whether it's that yeah. similar. Like, is is a lot of the comedy very Irish based, or like maybe maybe given that it's in Derry, maybe like I, I, Protestant versus Catholic humour and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's all that sort of stuff. It's written by uh, Lisa McGee, who's who's from Northern Ireland. Okay. Um, but it's produced by Hattrick Productions, which is a British uh, production company. Okay. But essentially it's an art, you know, Northern Irish show. Cool. Um, it's, it's very good. I'll be honest, I did pop the subtitles on uh, <laughs> in the first few minutes. Oh, um, Father Ted was all- produced by uh, Hattrick as well, apparently. Oh, was it? Okay. So there you go. <laughs> similar, similar thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did pop the old subtitles on. Normally, Michelle likes to put those on, and I'm like, nah, nah, nah I know, I can understand it. These girls, I, the accent was getting past me at times. Yeah, it's a, um, a lot of real learner, learner, learner. What? But um, yeah, it's fun. It's got your man. Um, oh, what's his name? Not Baratheon. The one from Game of Thrones, who was the old fella. Um, it was a knight. Barristan Selmy. Okay. He's in it. And he's actually Irish. Oh, speaking of Game Irish. of Thrones, by the way, my, my natties, I was going to say my girlfriend, like you didn't know who you were. Um, girlfriend. Her sister had Sir Davos in the shop today, apparently. Oh. Our Liam Cunningham. Liam Cunningham. He's an Irish man as well. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's good. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's a good show. We only watched series one. There is a second series up on all four that we're going to yeah. watch as well. Cool. 
But uh, yeah, enjoyable. And it's kind of very it's set in the nineties, as I said. Yeah. Um, kind of before the peace process, so it's a lot of sort of nineties references, a lot of kind of nineties R and B in the soundtrack, that kind of thing, and references to like Tarantino and, and other things. So yeah, very very fun time. Yeah, now don't your lot bollocks that all up though with this. Brexit uh, license, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. The Troubles, yeah. part two. Well, look, it's nineties nostalgia. Everything's everything's coming. Oh, we've back. we've moved on finally from eighties nostalgia, is it? Yeah, that's dead. It's all about nineties revival now. So, Sorry. you know, get Jerry Adams back. You know, <laughs> Martin McGuinness. Yeah, all the all the lads. Martin, um, Martin McGuinness back from the grave. He can be like that Stranger Things monster. What's face opens up. <laughs> I did not murder that man, so I didn't. Um, yeah, humor. Yeah. Dark. Um, yeah, so that was good. Good two, two sort of good shows. I prefer Derry Girls to be honest. Over. Over yeah, Fleabag. It's funny. Yeah. Um, so that was the telly guff. Um, do you want to do a bit of game guff? Yes. Well, I did buy a new game just yesterday. Um, Football Manager 2019, which is last season's Football Manager. Okay, yeah. Because I, I don't think I bought uh, one of these since 2017, which mm. was was the break in the streak of about a decade, a decade and a half of playing every single one. Mm. So I picked it up just there uh, yesterday uh, for 15 euro. Um. Uh, addicted to it already, of course. Of course. I started with uh, Aston Villa in the championship. And I'm about halfway through the season. We're, yeah. we're in like seventh in the league. Yeah. I started off really well. And uh, I don't know what's happening lately. We just can't score anymore. Like I have, uh, you know, the, the thing with Villa, which I, I don't particularly like, is you start with like, seven players on loan so you don't have any of your own players that are any good it's right. just all the loan players and i rather play some of my own players so i've been trying to buy people on the cheap uh, mm. and a lot of the villa players are shite so i'm trying to kind of move them on and replace some better players but um i have tammy abraham up front he's basically the only proper striker we have and um, then he got injured, so I had to get someone, <laughs> someone else on loan. I got Connor Wickham on loan, and I think he scored once since I got him. He is useless, even though his value is apparently eleven million, which is like my second best player. No. Um, not these days, eleven million. Yeah, uh, got Chong on loan from United as well. Okay, yeah. uh, on the right wing there. But uh, yeah, we we're doing really well. We won. I think. I think. I think in the first two months, I lost one game. And just before we came on the air there, I had two games in a row against, like, Wigan and uh, Bristol City or someone. Like, teams in the bottom quarter of the league. And, like, lost both of them 1-0, even though I had 25 shots to 6 in both games. I just They just would not score. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a bit of rejiggering and see where. Because the, the, the objective is that I've set are not to necessarily get promoted but to make the playoffs so I'm still in and around there still fighting mm. for that but I can't be losing these stupid fucking games the team's in 20th position in the fucking league yeah no yeah no so it is very addictive it's not really a game in the true sense because it's just all statistics and that 
but it's very addicting. It's very fun. Is it? How much has it changed since the kind of old, you know, sort of earlier two thousands? Uh, I think it's hard to tell because I've, as I say, been playing it almost every year since maybe two thousand and four or something. So mm. it's been a very gradual shift. Like every time I pick up a new one, it just feels like the previous one. But there are probably enough little changes that. If you were to pick it up today after having played the last one 15 years ago, I'd go, Jesus, what am, where do I even click? What's going on? There's too much stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess the the main difference is you have, like, a social feed now. It's like a Twitter right. feed. Um, but I, I would even say, conceptually, it's probably mostly the same even since back in the day. Mm. It's probably the same layout with different, like, just, just slightly deeper options and more more tabs to click on that. Yeah. Um. So that's all I've been playing. Really, I'm still playing Mario Maker on the Switch, which is very, very fun. But now that I have Football Manager, that's all I'm playing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> nice bit of game guff there. Um, we've got a bit of um music guff. Well, this this music guff kind of ties into movie guff. Right. Um, so last Saturday, Michelle and I went to see, uh, the new movie yesterday where there's a fella what only remembers the Beatles and no one else does. Right. So he nicks all their songs. Um, so we weren't planning on seeing it, but what happened was we have this like, uh, reward gateway thing at work where you can get sort of cheap cinema tickets and discounts on things and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Went on there to buy two tickets or to buy two sort of vouchers that I could use to get tickets to see Goodfellas, which is going to be shown at our local cinema in a couple of weeks, which is one of my favorite films. When bought the tickets like nine quid each, which is pretty cheap. Went to buy the Goodfellas tickets. They were eight pound each. Huh. Cinema. So hang on, suddenly the voucher is more expensive than the, the movie, which is a bit weird. So instead of using the vouchers on that, I bought a couple of tickets to see a yesterday uh early on saturday morning i quite enjoyed it um i think michelle was less enthusiastic right um i, I think richard curtis bit bit hit and miss well yeah, so danny quite. it's danny boyle directed it didn't he and danny boyle wrote. directed richard curtis script right. um yeah he's you know the scripts are, are quite simplistic it's not. It doesn't really delve into the concept that much. I mean, it's, it's a very kind of high concept movie. It's something happens and, and suddenly the Beatles have dif- disappeared from the collective memory, apart from this one guy who happens to be a musician. What? So it's very high concept, but it doesn't actually explore that concept that much. It is more of a rom com. Well, his movies are often like that. Is there? Didn't he do like um, In Time or what was that one movie called? About About Time. About Time. Yeah. It does a lot of um, movies that are high concept, but are, are, are whimsy, whimsical, you know. Yeah, um, but it was. I I laughed quite a bit, um, and it it was kind of pleasant enough. I wouldn't say oh amazing, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, Ed Sheeran has a kind of cameo in the film as well as a guy who kind of discovers the, the musician. Yeah, um, he's quite good actually. He doesn't like. It, it wasn't like his Game of Thrones appearance where it made you feel physically sick. <laughs> right. It was, he actually did a decent job of playing himself without being kind of distracting or, or sort of stick, feeling out of place. Yeah. Which is probably the best you can kind of hope for. 
Um, so fair, fair play to him. Uh, a few jokes at his, his own expense as well. So, you know, well done, Ed. Um, that was good. And I think the best part was, like, the, the music of the Beatles. Uh, they, didn't, they don't use the original songs, obviously. It's all sort of covers by um, the guy in the film, uh, Jack Malik, played by, I can't remember his name now, but he used to be in EastEnders, the guy. Um, he does, like, covers of all the songs, and they're all really, really good. And it kind of just makes you uh, like the Beatles. Because I wasn't a massive fan before. Really? Well, not like, obviously, they're great. It's the Beatles. But I'd never really, like, listened to their albums or music or anything. Sure. I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, like, throw on the White Album when I'm on the way to work. Yeah. Um, But, you know, listening to the songs in the movie kind of made you appreciate just how great the songs are. Yeah. Whoever is kind of covering them. It's, it's amazing, like, songwriting. They're kind of real, real classics. So I've been humming Beatles songs all for the last couple of weeks, um, and and telling people how great the Beatles are, just in case you know they didn't know. So uh, yeah, good, decent, decent little movie. Yeah. I wouldn't go to the cinema necessarily to see it, but it was it was enjoyable enough. Right. Um, yeah. I will mention one thing about yesterday. I've not seen yesterday, but I know someone who has. Uh, this uh, this is a very very mild. Spo- I don't even. I don't know if this is even a spoiler. This is like a joke at the end of the movie, mm. right? Um, I know somebody saw it and they said to me like, "Okay, can you can you guess? Like, there's one bit at the end. Can you guess what it is with like no prior knowledge?" And my guess, uh, c- correctly, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim correctly, is that there was a stinger. Like, akin to... You, do you remember when we did our Jingle All The Way commentary? And it has at the end the uh, the wife going, Oh, I can't wait to see what you got me. <laughs> I guess that there was going to be something like... Um, you know, the whole Beatles story happens, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, he's talking to someone who goes, uh, oh, You know, you know what else is a great song? That, that, that Elton John song. Who's Elton John? Something like that. I believe there is by the way, <laughs> a thing like that at the end of the movie. There is, yeah. Because it's not just the Beatles that have disappeared. I don't know whether it's um, supposed to be because the Beatles uh, don't exist, that these other things have stopped to exist. I mean, it's a, it, 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 it is a funny, easy gag to do, to be fair. Yeah, it's a throwaway gag at the end. But, yeah, um, yeah there, are, there are a few things like that. Um, yeah, it's a good good. Good little movie. It was alright. I don't normally like the, the Richard Curtis movies. I didn't like About Time. Right. And, you know, the other stuff, uh, Love Actually is fine, but Four Weddings and all that. Yeah, it was, it was good. I don't know if I've ever seen a Richard Curtis film. You must have seen Love Actually. Nope. Ooh. Let me have a look here. IMDb. What, Bean? The Ultimate Disaster movie. I have seen Bean. I have seen Bean. Uh, um, Bean. I'm Mr. Bean. <laughs> My job is to sit and look at paintings. And then he does a sneeze on the, the, the whistler's mother. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Love I, that. Love I that. have seen that one, I must admit. That's the only one I've seen, I think. Yeah. Very oh, good. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, also saw a movie um, that's up on Now TV called Juliet Naked, um, stars Chris O'Dowd, uh, the, the fella f- off the IT crowd, 
and uh, your one Ethan Hawke. Um, <laughs> your so it's one. kind of another sort of rom rom com type thing. It's about a guy who's obsessed with uh, this kind of nineties or like eighties indie musician who had like a very kind of brief uh, bit of stardom and has this kind of very small cult following. And he, this guy is obsessed with him. He runs the fan club and the forum for this guy uh, to the point where he kind of alienates his wife who, um, and then they split up. And then the wife, this isn't really a spoiler, it's sort of in the trailer. Right. His wife then ends up dating Ethan Hawke, who is the musician that this guy is obsessed with, just by kind of through coincidence. Um, it's kind of another sort of interesting sort of rom-com concept. Again, not perfect, but it's quite funny and quite kind of charming. And Ethan Hawke's brilliant. He's he's kind of one of one of the favourite actors. Really, he does some lots of interesting stuff. Um, that's another kind of fun little movie if you're if you're in the mood for that sort of thing. Check that out. Uh, Chris O'Dowd's good in it. He's a sort of pompous idiot kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard good things about it. To be fair. Yeah. Good. It was good stuff. I just not checked it out yet. Yeah. Right, well I've watched a few movies too uh, little movie you might have seen called uh, The Matrix What's that? Keanu Reeves is in it and um, Lawrence Fishburne is in it oh yeah and Carrie Ann Moss is in it and Elrond what off the Lord of the Rings is in it and yeah it's about a boy who wakes up from the dream world into the real world and he is the one and uh, yeah in the end he does it and then he flies into the sky oh yeah and don't forget the green text coming down on the computer screen oh like uh, code that's my favourite bit I like that one that's the best bit of the movie yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. the code is actually (laughs) very little in the movie for how iconic it became. Yeah. There's one bit where your man is um, st- sitting in front of the three screens and Neo comes over and goes, you know, can you can you understand all this code? He goes, eventually you don't even see the code. You know, this is a dentist. This is a woman here, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the extent of the code being, you know, in the movie. And then there's one bit at the very end when he becomes, becomes the one and he sees in code. Like, I don't understand what that quite means, but... Yeah, it uh, it's a hell of a movie. It's a seriously good film. Um, it it has aged a little bit, especially at the beginning. Um, mm. at some points at the beginning, it feels like I'm watching The Room, with uh, oh, yeah. with what's it in it? Yeah. Uh, hi, Mark. Like, it, it, there's there's just a cheapness to the start of it. Like, just just that first maybe five five minutes before it really gets going. It's kind of weird and kind of old. It like it definitely feels like a nineties uh, throwback, you know. And then once it gets going, it it really gets going. Once once Lawrence Fishburne shows up, basically, mm. um, from there on is fucking great. Um, I'll never watch the second or third one again. <laughs> that being said, yeah, happy to stop after one. Um, yeah, I don't think they. They lost what made it the first one great. It wasn't all the pseudo philosophical bollocks. <laughs> it was just kind of the cool shit and the that sense of the kind of um, 
I guess that that fake world and escaping from that that delude mass delusion. Yeah, well, I, I think it's one of the one of the great sci-fi concepts, mm. you know, for a film is the Matrix, and apparently it was originally conceived as a trilogy. So the fact that it went off a cliff so bad after the first one is kind of shocking. Mm. Um, yeah, because those other two are, especially the third, are really bad. Yeah. Really I remember we dragged my dad along to watch the third one for some reason. Mm. And oh, I did feel at the end like, you know, sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I swear the first one was good. Even the second one to an extent is like, it's fine. But I think because of how good the first one is and how bad the third one is, it makes watching the mm. second one kind of redundant at all. Um, Lawrence Fishburne is so good as well. And Hugo Weaving, to be fair. Um, so yeah, that's The Matrix, which I watched for maybe the tenth time there during the weeks. Uh, then uh, we have a few Netflix films coming up. I watched The Lonely Island presents the unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience, hmm. um, which is a half-hour uh, visual poem. Uh, the Lonely Island did about oh. Mark McGuire. And Jose Canseco. Oh. Them baseball players from back in the day. Now, the good news is uh, you don't actually really need to know anything about baseball or about them to enjoy it. Uh, if you're a Lonely Island fan, if you enjoyed Pop Star, uh, Never Stop, Never Stopping, mm. uh, I think you'll enjoy this a lot. Um, all you need to know going in is really the basics is these two baseball players uh, were very good and then got done for doing like loads of steroids Ooh, that's really all you need to know about it and it's it's obviously very funny it's very lonely islandy of course but then there's bits between the songs that are like border on experimental it's like Terrence Malick or something mm. like that it's really really strange um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was very very good only half an hour long as I mentioned. So it's not really a feature length, but um, mm. the songs are good. There's one in particular which is so funny. It had me in tears. Um, and it, weirdly enough, is the one that has nothing to do with baseball. And kind of the song was just a non secular. Maybe it was a reference to something real, I don't know, but it's just this completely ridiculous song. Um, but yeah, if you're a Lonely Island fan at all, definitely worth a watch. Very, very funny. Yeah. Uh, then I watched a film that, Joe, I know you're very fond of, because after I watched it, I listened back to an old episode of Chair Shop Podcast where you yeah. talked about this film. It's Wiener, the documentary about that lad, Anthony Wiener, who uh, texted pictures of his penis to women in that. And this documentary picks up his failed, spoiler, uh, 2013 mayoral mm. uh, run during which another scandal breaks out that in fact he he hasn't stopped sending pictures of his penis to women yeah and uh, yeah I, I found it really really fascinating I found it very uncomfortable to watch mm. I mean if people people talk about the office for example as being you know that kind of awkward watching through your fingers um, 
cr- like I think the word cringe gets used nowadays in the wrong sense because I think Wiener is truly cringeworthy at points. Mm. Um, because you have this guy Anthony Wiener who is you know for all intents and purposes like a grown up screech from Saved by the Bell, <laughs> who somehow yeah. married this woman who's like high high up in the things. Hillary Clinton yeah. uh, regime, and he's. Again, for all intents and purposes, I th- I think he would have been a, a a good mayor. Like, but he he just couldn't help from kind of get in front of himself and uh, mm. ultimately being his own worst enemy. Um, I think I think I had a, a a different viewpoint on this, having watched it in a world where he is now has done jail time and is now a registered sex offender as well. Yeah, on top of what happens of, in the film, it's not a bit of kind of slapstick, you know, knob knob picks. Yeah, it, it's a bit darker when you look back on it. A bit darker. So I was watching it with that kind of uh, viewpoint. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how his wife made it through the whole debacle. She obviously didn't last mm. very long after that, because and it's, it's funny because you watch the points and she is like he's a smart man, obviously. Um, but she is, in my mind, watching the film so much more capable than him mm. at what their jobs are, you know, essentially. And the one point where she's like, she has to go to see some guy, and he's like, no, you can just do that over the phone. You have to come to my thing. Um, she's, she's, yeah. she, she, at points, she's, she's bordering on like, you know, Tim Canterbury looking into the camera, like. Like, mm. What is this idiot doing? How is this happening again? Sort of more like Dawn when Brent walks in and talks about having lumps on his testicles. <laughs> He's just sort of staring at a sandwich. Yeah. Possibly. Jesus. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> I, th- I think towards the end it just gets, just gets weirder and weirder and weirder until uh, at the end you have the famous scene where the the lady who he had been I think caught with the first time is on Howard Stern, yeah. And Howard's like, let's go meet him, and she's like waiting at his office, and then he's like, they're like, they're using like code words where he's like, uh, the pineapple is that the thing, you know? Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. it's so it's so unreal. And this oh. is the thing about like, I think politics, but especially so American politics, but mm. I think even nowadays British politics, Irish politics, is that. You know they they're they're very much attention. Like I think he has one line in it where he's like that he he thinks that part of being a politician is that you have a craving for attention, mm. and that that's kind of led to his downfall. You know, yeah. Um, and there's of course one bit in it towards the end where the filmmakers ask him, uh, "Why are you letting us keep filming and making this movie?" And he just kind of shrugs and goes, "I don't even know." Um, and I like yeah. I liked I liked the one line he had about um, uh, you know flies on the wall they usually don't ask questions do they? They're just <laughs> flies on the wall. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's definitely worth a watch. A, a fascinating documentary about this this very yeah. odd man. One of the great political documentaries, really. I think so. I think so. Um, definitely worth a watch. Uh, next again on Netflix. Uh, Snowpiercer, uh, which stars Chris Evans, uh, Octavia Spencer, and Tilda Swinton 
And also some Ooh. of the people that I won't name because potentially you want to not know who's in it. Uh, Snowpiercer is uh, maybe you've seen a trailer for, maybe you haven't. Uh, the the world has become a a through through a, a a failed attempt to combat global warming. The world has become this uninhabitable frozen tundra, mm. and the only remaining survivors of the entire world are these people who live on this train which circumnavigates the world once a year. The train is called the Snowpiercer train, hence the name of the movie. And the movie essentially is about this group of like lower class people who are, are allowed on the train but have to live at the very tail end of the train and live off scraps given to them by the people the next carriage up you know and as you go mm. from back to front you go gradually up through the various classes and so on so it's about their their revolution basically against the the elite and their their journey to get to get to the front of the train mm. um it's a movie made by a korean director bong joon ho who i've already seen uh one of his films uh, the Host, which is a film that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. So I was excited to watch the second one. And, um, yeah, I think Snowpiercer is a movie that I kind of had in my head for a long time. I, I was never pushed to go see it when it came out for whatever reason. But it, it's always been one of those movies. Um, like, I don't know if you remember... I don't know if you remember stuff from my childhood, Joe. But <laughs> back, oh, yeah. back when we used to have, you know, your movie rental stores, right? Yeah. Uh, there would be sometimes movies that I would purposely not take because I would think like, okay, if ever I come and I f- can't find anything, I'll mm. take that. And in fact, like um, V for Vendetta for the longest time was that film. It was the film that, right, if I ever come here and there's, I just can't, find anything nothing's clicking with me i'll take v for vendetta um i've still to this day not seen v for vendetta uh snowpiercer for me ever since it came out was kind of that movie that if, if i'm ever stuck for something to watch it's on netflix or i can you know track it down and give it a watch um after having watched snowpiercer uh, i should have watched it sooner because it it's my second favorite film now of 2013 Ooh. Um, Above Prisoners, which is a film that I have talked endlessly about being a film mm. I, I adore. I think I enjoyed Snowpiercer even more. Mm. Uh, the only film that I, I would hold above it is, is Nebraska, which is one of my all-time favorite films. But um, yeah, Snowpiercer was uh, a film that I got that feeling during. The feeling about an hour in, they're like, you know what? I'm fucking loving this. <laughs> I'm fucking loving this film. Um, because it, it has a feeling kind of um, kind of a video game. Like you're going through levels, right? Every carriage. Because it's it's not like a train in the sense of it being, you know, your 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 virgin trains are taking you out of London or whatever. It, it's it's a train that's designed specifically like the world is is existing in this train. Each carriage is you might have an aquarium carriage. You might have a carriage where it's like a nightclub, you know? So each each um, each carriage to get through is like a different level of a game, let's say. But not only that, but every time they go through another carriage, the tone of the movie changes slightly. 
So it feels almost like a little anthology movie. Like each little segment has a different feeling. Some some of them are very funny. Some of them are very weird. Some of them are very violent. Um, and it, it, the movie's constantly giving you something new, you know, where if, if, if something isn't necessarily resonating with you, the next part might, you know? And some of, the, some of those parts are what kind of really did it for me. Um, so I would say definitely, definitely worth a watch. It is weird because it, it, although it's an English language movie, it's like I say, Chris Evans is in it and Tilda Swinton and that. Tilda Swinton's fucking great in it, by the way. Um, it is directed by a Korean man and it definitely feels like a Korean film. If you've seen any Korean films, you might know what that means. It's it's got that weirdness to it that uh, a movie mm-hmm. directed by an American or or a, a British man might not necessarily have. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Definite recommendation. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, and then last movie, I actually haven't finished this movie yet, so this is this, a preview, let's call it, rather than a review. Uh, Michael Douglas in the game, which I'm about a quarter of the way through, and I don't know. Have you seen the game, Joe? I have seen the game. Yeah. You have okay. Well, don't you no know, spoilers or nothing. Um, half an hour in, it feels a little bit like um, a much better version of that film, Escape Room, which I saw this year. Um, it's still not clear in the movie what the game quite is. Yeah. Um, I Sean Penn showed up in it. I didn't realize yeah. he was in, so that was a nice surprise. And uh, I'm still at this. I'm still at the stage of the movie where I don't quite know where it's going or what's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it has me very interested, so next week I can talk about what I, what I thought of it. But I, I like Michael Douglas so far in it as a kind of uppity, um, you know, short-tempered... Um, you know what he feels like, actually, in this? He feels like if, uh, if American Psycho was written deadly serious. <laughs> He's like one of those people. But that's his actual life, you know? Cancel all my meetings. I don't care. Um, so enjoying that so far, but still very, very early into it. So can't say too oh, much more than that. It was a very, very fun movie. Good. Probably one of Michael Douglas's last really good roles. Yeah. Until he was in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh yeah, which is good. It's funny because the game I think came out about twenty years ago, and he's yeah. he's still in it. Looks like he looks like today. Yeah. He gets that certain... I think he's been about 50 for the last point. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and whenever I talk about Michael Douglas, I'm obliged to talk about Kirk Douglas, who is still alive. Mm. He is 102 years old. Yeah. Um, do you, have you got, you've got an email? I do. Uh, I do have an email. Read some, some correspondence. I have an email. I do have an email. Uh, my email comes from Nick. Uh, he says, Hi, gents. I'm loving AEW so far, but I'm concerned by the number of chair shots, headshots, DDTs, etc. that do not seem protected. Do you reckon there's a lawsuit in waiting here? Or does Tony Khan have enough money not to care? I also think that AEW will see the death of TNA and maybe Ring of Honor, while WWE will continue despite being mainly shit. Love the show. Yeah. More of Barry ranting about Skype, please. Cheers. Uh, actually, I think the last time we, we the three of us were on, I think I edited out us ranting about Skype, so I'll be sure to leave that in next time we, we do it. Um, AEW and chair shots, etc. 
Um, I mean, it's not been that bad, is it? There was the one notable one. Yeah. Well, I I was watching a clip of TNA this week, and what was it? It was um, Rhino Rhino's return. Rhino returned to TNA. People, that's that's where we are in 2019. The people who run TNA go, who can we bring in? Who'll be a fucking big deal? Who who we can get in the cheap? Who's a name? Oh yeah, that lad who was famous 20 years ago and has meant nothing since then. Rhino. But in that segment, um, I think it was Michael Elgin hit someone with a chair to the head. But it was like the safest chair shot to the head. The guy, I think it was just like an official or something. The guy had his hands up a good three seconds before the chair was coming. Yeah. But like it looked fine, you know? And to me, that's how you can do it. Like they they edited in such a way that the, the camera angle changed right on impact. So it looked mm. fine, you know, but it was clear looking at it that it was like a safe chair shot. The guy's hands were well up to protect himself. I don't believe he took a chair to the head, but it looked great. You know, it looked better than it looked better than the old chair to the gut and across the back spot that they do these days. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I think as we discussed on the on the show before, I'm I'm a fan of. Of doing the chair shots to the head, but doing them in a way that is safe because like wrestling is ultimately like a magic trick you know it's you it's an illusion you're you're supposed to make it look like something is happening while while it's really not happening you know they're not really getting dropped on their head unless it's that undertaker goldberg matched that one time yeah. uh they're not really getting kicked full force in the face you know it's 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 <laughs> quote unquote it's fake you know mm-hmm. um so if if the people running aw could come to a compromise of like, let's do it in such a way that looks real, but isn't. I mean, that's what wrestling is supposed to be at its core anyway. Yeah. And don't be taking unprotected chairs to the head. I definitely agree when it comes to that. I mean, we know enough now about the health risks and the effects of taking these impacts. Like, these guys are, are doing enough moves anyway that is, I'm sure, causing trauma to not only their heads, but their bodies, that they don't need to be taking chair shots to the heads anymore. Mm. Take it to the hands instead, boys. How about that? Good old, uh, get your hands up early. That's the one. Good old, get your hands up. I know that. Um, who used to be real good for that? I, I, in my head, every time I, I think of Triple H taking a chair shot, I think of him with his like forearm, like on top of his head, basically. Mm. You know, and his taking it with like his elbow and his forearm. And I think you can swing a chair not so hard as well. You know. I don't know. I, I think there are ways to do it for sure. Can't someone just invent a gimmicked chair that doesn't hurt? Maybe a millionaire. <laughs> what, what would you make it out of? Like, I don't know. Like, um, how about just a hollow plastic chair? Yeah. You know. Just, just like one of those glass bottles that they have in movies <laughs> that's made out of like sugar. So it smashes, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Just a chair made out of that. That'd be good. Yeah. I mean, what you could do, honestly, is you could just make like a a, a sponge chair. <coughs> you know? I mean, just have them slap their thigh when they get hit with a chair or something. 
And it's just yeah, it's it's, yeah. Ma- it's made out of foam or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, with regards to DDTs and other moves like that, they they're gonna do those. You know, wrestlers gonna do their moves. Um, ironically, the worst of those, as I just mentioned, the worst of of those moves where they're being dropped on their head. Uh, the last one I saw was in WWE. Yeah. So, and they're still letting him do the tombstone. Yeah. There's always double standards. Yeah. Um, With regards to the death of TNA and Ring of Honor, I mean, I don't know how TNA is still going. They must be running on fumes at this stage. Yeah. Um, Ring of Honor, I think, is just going to be there in the background. I do think they'll be very hurt by the talent that they can't use anymore. Mm. And the fact that the talent they have now are not that interesting. But I don't think they'll be badly hurt. It's a strange one because both TNA mm. and Ring of Honor are owned by kind of big media conglomerates. Yeah. So they're not under the same kind of pressure to draw like big, you know, big houses and make money. They're, they're somewhat relying on the. But even so, there's subsidy. there's a point where it becomes redundant to keep doing it. If there's no real, like, the, what's the viewership these days? Like five figures. Mm. you know like eventually you get to a point where even the people running it have to think like what are we doing this for well that's it like who if it it's it's one thing to be you know subsidizing sort of hours of content but if you can't distribute that content anywhere then what's what's the point because they've they've only been with pursuit for a very short while right mm. so why and apparently that that's already fallen to pieces. Uh, and the only thing they're doing then is the Twitch stream. That's where uh, apparently the numbers are in the five figures. So I don't know. Anyway, that's the first time I've thought of TNA in a while. Watching yeah. that, watching that Rhino video. Good. Um, I've got an email from Shane. Hello. Um, it says subject scarred for life. Um. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Hope you're well. I was scrolling through Twitter last week when I stumbled across a question that I'd like to hear more answers to. What is your earliest memory of being traumatized by a film? <laughs> the first one that sprang to mind for me was Robocops, uh, specifically the toxic waste scene, but a few other bits from it were also quite disturbing to watch as a child. Uh, how about you guys? Did Watership Down scar you for life? Did the old uh, half-decomposed woman in room 237 with the maps out? In the Shining, traumatize you. Uh, thanks for taking me about. Hope you had a good weekend, Shane. Thanks, Shane. That's a very good question because there's all uh, often quite kind of innocuous movies that just have a very maybe sort of slightly darker violent scene in. I think are often the ones like I'm thinking of like Batman, um, with uh, the yeah the penguin. It's a lot of kind of weird, quite it freaky bites bits. Bites his nose off. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the kind of weird hands and things that that freaked me out a bit. Yeah, uh, Robocop as well. I watched that when I was quite young, and the, the toxic waste scene. I do remember that one. Um, even like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> um, where at the end Christopher Lloyd kind of the eyes pop out and yeah. he sort of bursts out of his skin, and he's, he's a cartoon. Uh, that was horrendous <laughs> to this day. Um. Any others you can think of? 
I've got a couple, all right. Um, one of them, I don't know what it was at all. But mm. there was something on TV, and uh, a man and a woman were having... <laughs> so fucking stupid. A man and a woman were having an argument, right? Mm. And I think the the woman... It was at a kitchen table, right? And the woman picked up, I believe it was a kitchen knife. It might have been a fork, but I think it was the knife. And she stuck it, like, into the guy's shoulder. Maybe into oh. his, like, trapezius muscle. And it was just sticking up. Like, the, the knife is, was just sticking perfectly vertically out mm. of his shoulder. And I saw this, I went, ah! And ran upstairs crying. God. Um, also, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before. Uh, shooting stars with... Uh, uh, Reeves and Mortimer. The panel show. The panel show. Yeah. Oh god. There was one bit where they're doing a bit, and he put a helmet on and cut his tongue off, and that frightened me to no end. Oh no. He didn't really cut his tongue off. It was a bit. Yeah, it was just a thing, wasn't it? But uh, when you see that as little six-year-old Paul or whatever, um, <laughs> I think that one properly properly scared me for a while. Mm. Um, and of course, uh, I used to sit facing away from the TV whenever my cousins would play Mortal Kombat because I was afraid of it. Oh, Paul. I was a very, very timid child, you know. I was afraid of a lot of this stuff. Probably because <laughs> I'd seen the man cut his tongue off the other night. That was it. That was it. I mean, there's, you know, Jurassic Park I was very afraid of when I was a kid. Uh, but, like, I, that must have only lasted, well, like, was... a year because I remember seeing that when I was a kid and loving it, so... Yeah, maybe when I, mean, I was like was, six, I was afraid of it or something. But that was that, scary. But I didn't. I wouldn't say no, that, in it that no, was like that wasn't a long last or unusual. No. It was just it was scary. Yeah. Um, oh, another one. The Simpsons. Oh. The Halloween special where at the end they turn inside out. Oh yeah. That oh man, I used to have nightmares about that. So hopefully there are some good examples, Shane. Yeah, it's a good one, Shane. And now you've made me all scared again, so no one will sleep tonight. Don't have nightmares. Okay, so that just leaves the the wrestling for the week. Yeah. Probably not a lot because not a whole lot on at the moment. Right. So I've seen. I keep seeing CM Punk's name popping up in the news. Right. But I'm not actually sure if it's real news or, or what's happening. Have you seen anything about this? Let's have a look. Let's is he coming back to WWE? Uh, no, I don't think so. Is he Is he going to AEW? Uh, no, probably not. Yeah. Cool. Is he, rest, is he going to do in the UFC again? No. No, it's that covered. I don't think there's any CM Punk news. Maybe there is. Maybe, maybe he is going to be on AEW. But you're not, that um, show isn't happening for another month anyway, so the all out. I don't think I don't think there's any CM Punk news. I think he's perfectly happy to sit at home and write his little I don't know Thor comic or whatever he does, and that'll be it. Yeah. I mean, the the fact of the matter is as well, for as big a star as he was, and to an extent, I think if he came back to wrestling, I think he still is. Mm. Uh, he's still forty years old now. So he's not exactly a spring chicken. Like, from surely his MMA career is, is over, his pathetic MMA career. Um, but even were he to come back to AEW at forty years old, um, does he still have it? Like, he's he's not wrestling in five years. Yeah, but he was he was never a great 
not Anthony anyway. Ah, here we that's go. The crux of the matter. He was never that good. Hilarious. Which is why it's hilarious. He became a professional athlete. Yeah. At the age of thirty-six or whatever it was. <laughs> um, you know, you think back to the Attitude Era, all those WCW guys who were like, kind of late thirties, early forties, who were sort of past their prime, but were still draws and still you know good enough. Like your your Savage, your Piper, your Hogan. Yeah. yeah, I think he could he could definitely do something hmm. in a, in an AEW. I think he'd be big. I think he would. I don't know what they can offer him though that would interest him. Um, because it looks like their TV show is going to be live weekly. Maybe they could tell him it's a shoot. <laughs> it's, they it's will count live. all his matches to his his MMA record. <laughs> yeah, maybe Tony Khan will let him win a, sh- a shoot fight against him. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think with CM Punk over these years, from his, from his leaving WWE to that one time Dave Meltzer said he's there backstage, I swear. Uh, I think the nature is just to be cynical about CM Punk and any possibility of him returning. Yeah. Um. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a a tepid reaction. Okay. Um, also, news: Jimmy Uso doing a little drinky drivey again. Again, lad. Not good. WWE Not good. need to have a like they have the three strike policy for the old yeah drug policy. Uh, maybe if someone has multiple DUIs, you should probably, I don't know, discipline them rather than just go, well, he's responsible for what he does, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the best thing was, oh, on Botchamania, so funny. He literally got, John Cena made a joke about it on Raw this week before he happened. Oh, man. For those who didn't see, right, John Cena was out with the Usos on that Raw reunion show. Which, the only part of that that I watched was... Did you see the clip with Stone Cold? No. He did, like, a four-minute promo where he rambled about... Oh, the boys in the back were were a family. Uh, Don't expect no Christmas cards and none of that shit. Uh, And said nothing of any worth, really. It was nice to see him. It was, like, a funny little Mm. promo, but, like, complete waste of time. If you had stayed up to watch it, for example. Um, Cena was in a segment with the Usos. And he said... um, Something about you see he made reference to their mug shots when they got arrested, right? Yeah. Uh two days later, Jimmy Uso was arrested on DUI. Oh dear. Two days after they made a reference to it on Raw. Oh dear. Not good. Not good. <sighs> anyway. Hopefully if it happens again he'll spend some time in the Uso penitentiary. Yeah, um, that's very, yeah, very good. Well done, Paul. Thank you very um, much. Speaking of um, alcohol abuse, I finally got around to watching that Thirty for Thirty uh, Ric Flair documentary. Oh, I. It's done for I think it's ESPN that do those. Yeah, ESPN Thirty for Thirty. Yeah. Um, so it's came out quite a while ago, but I've been waiting to. I've, I basically had the um because they showed them on BT Sport over here and I've had them on series link for about two years <laughs> just waiting for them to show this one particular episode so I've got about 50 
episodes about old NFL players and hockey matches that I have absolutely no interest in. Um, but finally, they showed the Ric Flair one, yeah. so I watched it. Um, it was very tragic. <laughs> I was expecting it to be a bit more of a puff piece about how great Ric Flair is, but they do actually really go into the dark side. Um, even you know, they, they kind of cover off how great he was at the beginning and sort of highs and stuff, but really goes deep into his like alcohol problems, uh, being an absent father, um, death of his son from uh, yeah drug overdose. Hmm. Um, yeah, kind of health problems and stuff. It's really, really kind of sort of sad tone to it, um, showing both the kind of you know the the great side and the dark side of being that kind of celebrity. Mm. Um, so I would say it was, it's, it's a very good documentary. It's just, if you're going to watch it, bear in mind, it's incredibly sad as well to see, uh, the sort of the real side of, um, this icon. Did they, did they touch on his, um, read at all? Yeah. 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 They, they talk about, Quite quite a lot actually, and Triple H is on there is quite candid as well, talking about it. Right. Um, yeah, so that's very interesting, and they have all all of his kids are on it as well, um, being very candid. Mm. So um, yeah, very interesting, very interesting documentary. Very good. Um, and then finally, of course, I've been watching the old New Japan G One. Uh, I'm all caught up. I've watched every single one. <laughs> every single match? Yeah. I've watched every single match up till today. Paul, oh, it's not the World Cup. What are you doing? Uh, it basically is, Joe. It's basically the World Cup of Wrestling. World Cup of Wrestling. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, I mean, I do have some <laughs> reservations about mm. some of the recent shows, particular, uh, particularly... I think it was night, night eight. Uh, yeah, just had like so much bullshit in it. Like I think, like each each show, you get five um, G one matches. Okay, because mm-hmm. the G one is a tournament with twenty wrestlers split into two groups of ten, and it's like a little Premier League. They they each yeah. play each other once, right? So you get nine yeah. matches. So each night you get five matches of one block or the other so monday night will be the a block so you get the, the 10 of those wrestling in five matches and then the following day you have the next show which will be the b block which will be the other lads right but like the the eighth night was like five matches and four of them the first four was just like interference weapons interference more interference I'm like oh there's fucking enough bullshit on this show mm. have one match that has that maybe I mean that's the one thing I would say is the New Japan they, they, they love a bit of interference on their shows fucking every match Jesus Christ um, that being said there's some bloody bloody good matches at the same time uh, anytime you have uh, Tomohiro Ishii you're guaranteed a, a bit of fun um, Moxie had a good match today with uh, Naito which I quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Moxie, I'm finding hit and miss, to be honest, because um, he's he's one of the guilty ones who'll he'll get a table out every fucking match he's in, even though it's supposed to be against the rules. 
Um, Jay White is a very boring wrestler who I don't like. Uh, same with Tai Chi. Uh, Juice Robinson I'm liking a lot. And you know, ultimately the the A block is is way better than the B block. So unfortunately, it is a little bit like some days you get England and France, and then other days you got Colombia against Greece. God. Um. But uh, like in the A block, for example, you have Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay, Zack Saber Jr., Evil, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Okada, Kenta, <laughs> like like all the good lads. Mm. And then in B, you have, like, B- Bad Luck Folly. And, uh, no, sorry, Bad Luck Folly is in A. You have Toriyanu, the joke guy. You have uh, Jeff Cobb, who is apparently good, but none of his matches are, weirdly. You have Jay White, the uh, an even blander Dolph Ziggler. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's good fun watching every day and kind of keeping up mm. with the points and all that. It, as you say, it kind of gives it a World Cup feeling. Uh, and you are guaranteed some good matches. Like Okada and Kenta from the other day was great. Fucking yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're about uh, halfway through at this stage. And uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. And in fact, the weird thing is, right? It's made me kind of not care about AEW. Because now I have this new thing that I watch, which is exciting and have good wrestlers in it. And. AW just kind of feels to me like WWE did. Where it's like, mm. I don't really care about it. But I guess we'll see once it gets going. Maybe it'll we'll draw my attention back. Uh, so before we go, Joe, I have a surprise run-in <laughs> for you. Because I was just thinking of it in the week. And I'm going to put you to the test, Joe, with a an impromptu wrestler 20 questions. Oh, God, here he comes. Remember Here that? Here he comes. I, I have a wrestler for you. You have 20 questions. 20 yep. yes, no questions. Yeah. See if you can get who it is. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, God, I've got to remember the old questions now. Um, See, I think we've left it long enough now that <coughs> we won't remember all those cheap questions we do. I know. It's annoying. Um, are they alive? Yes, they are alive. Okay. What do we do? open up a little notepad here. They are alive. Okay, so one, they are alive. Okay. Um, are they American? Yes. Okay, alive and American. Um, do they currently wrestle for WWE? No. Okay, do not wrestle for WWE. Um, have they ever wrestled for WWE? Yes. Okay, so former WWE star. Okay, did they ever hold the W? Oh, did they ever hold one of the world titles in WWE? No. Okay, never a world champion in WWE. Okay, in WWE. Okay. Um. So former WWE star, never world champion in WWE. Did they debut? Before the turn of the millennium. Yes. So before 2000, okay. So debuted the 90s, the latest, possibly earlier. 90s or earlier. Okay. Hmm. So an American who wrestled in WWE, but not currently. 
never world champion, debuted 90s or earlier. Did they wrestle for WWE in the 1980s? No. Okay. Okay, so didn't wrestle in 80s. WWE. Okay, did they wrestle with WWE in the 90s? No. Ooh, baby. Okay. This is wrestled for WWE in 90s. Okay, so it's someone who debuted in the 90s or earlier but didn't wrestle for WWE until the 2000s. Um, did they ever hold the Intercontinental title in WWE? No. No, I see champ. Did they ever hold the tag team titles in WWE? No. Okay, fucking hell. Um, did this person appear on WrestleMania at any point? Uh, yes. I believe so. Let me just double check that. Uh, yes, I, I, I am right. <sighs> okay, so we're at WrestleMania. Um, did they... Did they wrestle on WrestleMania in the last 10 years? No. Okay, so not in 2009. Did they appear on WrestleMania between 2000 and 2009? Yes. Okay, here we go. Right. Um... Two thousand to two thousand nine. I see title. I think it's someone maybe like a WCW guy that moved to to WWE. Um, didn't hold the WWE title. Didn't hold the IC or tag titles either. Um, I'm gonna try and narrow down what actually what. Did they wrestle on multiple WrestleManias? Uh, no. Okay, just just the one Mania. I'll double, I'll double check that, but I believe that's the case. Okay. It's certainly not on the main card. I don't know. But, you know, potentially they could have been on a, a battle royal, a battle royal, or some bullshit. Yeah. Okay, but not in a proper match. No. Not a big match. Uh, was this WrestleMania between two thousand and two thousand four? Between 2000 and 2004? Yeah, one of those five. No. That's 15 questions, by the way. Okay. So they were on a WrestleMania between 2005 and 2009. It was probably their only WrestleMania match. God, they've never... They didn't have any of the big three titles. Um, hmm... Um, I think it's a tricky one. Um, what's this? Fifteen. So I've got four left and a guess. Four left and a guess. Okay. Is this person white? 
They are white, yes. Okay. Um... Hmm. I wonder if it's Finley. Because he never held the. If he held any titles. Could be Finley, because he would have. Oh no, because he's American. Shit. Um. Okay, and you're not Finley. Maybe like Chris Masters or something. I think he was a. Did he ever hold a title? Masters. Hmm. Maybe Chris Masters, I'm not sure. I think he would have debuted off of the 90s. Um, curious. It's a very tricky one. Mr. Kennedy. Let's have a look. So he's alive, he's American, doesn't miss a WWE, never a world champ, 90s or earlier, maybe. Oh, wrestled for WWE in the 90s. Okay, not him then. Um, could be one of the ECW guys. Just to clarify, what you asked was did not wrestle for WWE in the 80s and did not wrestle for WWE in the 90s. Oh, I said didn't. Yeah. Okay. So it could be Mr. Kennedy. No, but he must have been at more than one WrestleMania show. I can't remember. Um, I'm going to have to try and narrow down the WrestleMania, I think. Was it... Um, whilst the WrestleMania there appeared on between twenty WrestleMania twenty three and twenty five, one of those three. Yes. Okay. Was it WrestleMania twenty three? Yes. Key. Key. So yeah, it's C- not Cena or Michaels. Yeah, yeah, tr- old Trumpy boy with Lashley. Wouldn't have been Lashley. Margot because he's not white Margot's not white Rob Van Dam this could be one of the ECW guys like a Tommy Dreamer Um, Salmon does this person have um, blonde hair Yes, they do. Okay, so it's either Mr. Kennedy or the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, was this person ever... No, no, you're, you have no questions left. Oh, wait, is that last one? You're at number 20 now. Shit, okay, is it Mr. Kennedy? It's not Mr. Kennedy. Who it's, is it? It's the Sandman. Fuck you, I have the Wikipedia page open. Just, I shout to Natty just so she can verify because you, you got to dance across. It was, I'm afraid, the Sandman. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I think you went down the wrong route there with uh, 
I mean, all the WWE stuff. Obviously, he had a very fleeting WWE career, mm-hmm. including that one match where uh, at WrestleMania 23, they had that new, the new breed or whatever it was called, match against the old, yeah, the old ECW boys. Did Kennedy really only have one WrestleMania? I know he won the Money in the Bank at that one, but did he never have another one? I, I don't remember. So he was very. He had a very. He had a very fleeting career. Sharp, as well, yeah, there. sharp rise and fall in WWE, didn't he? Yeah. Maybe you're right. Mister Kennedy. Because he was injured. Kennedy. He was also injured a lot, to be fair. And a knob. And a knob, correct. Uh, so sorry about that, Joe. Hope the listeners at home were able to work it out. But uh, if you if you had had one more question, you you probably would have got it. Yeah. But I mean, you sp- just you get one, two, three, four, you, five questions basically to work out that he wrestled on WrestleMania twenty three is a quarter of your answers, a quarter, a quarter of your questions. To be fair, I sure look. We're, we're out of practice. That's what it is. That wasn't bad for a solo run. Not bad at all. Uh, you, you nearly got it. To be fair as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that I would have got that close. So that's it for this week, I think. That is it. Thanks for joining us once again. Yeah. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if, if you didn't, you can uh, tweet Barry on Twitter. Blame him. Give him your feedback for missing it. He dogs sitting today. That's right. He's off. He's off bothering dogs. Sitting on, I believe. What a, what a Irish tiny car. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with more fun. Uh, more chat more banter so please do join us again uh, send us an old email send us a tweet at chairshoppod or do one of our personal twitter accounts and uh, I think that's it so that's it's it's uh, a good night and a good bye from me and from my good friend Paul Griffith good night <laughs>